In this episode, we take a look at the Bechdel test and beyond. So we're looking at tests that measure how media represents groups like women and other marginalized groups in society and how that affects how we see ourselves. We also look at the male versus female gaze and discuss my very favorite party conversation about the mothers of Disney princesses. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, Jamie. We have a kind of a cool topic today. Yeah, this is an interesting one, I think. This is kind of a feminist episode. I mean, I think they all are, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, this one is, it's more focused. So we're going to talk about the Bechdel test Mm -hmm. and beyond. We're going to talk about some other sort of tests and ways to sort of measure how media Mm -hmm. is portraying people. And we're going to put our main focus on women, but we're going to talk about some other, some other focuses too. Right. We talked about the Bechdel in another episode. We did. And we're, we talked about it in an obsessed segment. Right. And we actually had some feedback where people were like, can you talk about that more? Right, exactly. It's one of those things for me, I know this happens to you too, where I will bring up the Bechdel test in just a conversation thinking that everybody knows what I'm talking right. about. And then I realize that a lot of people don't know it mm-hmm. or have heard of it, but don't really get it. Right. So I want to talk about it, but I want to say why I want to talk about this stuff first. Okay. This isn't just because we love feminism. We do. No, yeah, we do. (laughs) Right. We all should. But this has to do with conditioning. Yes. So we talk a lot on the podcast about your conditioning, Mm -hmm. how your culture conditions you. Yes. And a big proponent of that is media. Yes. So when you want to understand why you're conditioned or why you have some of these issues, sometimes it's like, you know, my mother didn't give me that sort of feeling. She didn't say that. So why do Mm -hmm. I have these weird feelings about myself? Right. It's because it's literally everywhere around you all the time. In in seemingly unimportant ways. Yes. But they're all very important. Yes, exactly. So I know that women will love this episode, but I really have a hope that they will have some men in their lives listen to it too, because I think it's incredibly helpful for men to understand this, that they also are affected by these things. Right. And tell your kids about it. Let your kids know. I mean, if I had known about this when I was in junior high or high school. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have shut up about it. No, exactly. And now we're doing a podcast episode on it. Exactly. So here you go. All right. So let's, let's start with the Bechdel test and let me explain what it is. Okay. So this was something created by cartoonist Alison Bechdel. Mm -hmm. It was in the eighties, the late eighties. She was really frustrated with all of the portrayals of women that she saw. And she felt like it was very unrealistic. Right. So she created this test. It's kind of like a litmus test to Mm -hmm. see, do movies pass this test? And once you know it, you can't unknow it. It's really frustrating to know it. Before I tell it to you, I want to make it clear that just because something passes this test does not make it like a feminist movie. Right. Just because something fails doesn't mean it doesn't have power, powerful feminist themes. 
Correct. This is more of a measure of that conditioning and that portrayal of women and mm-hmm. how we're taking in like the expectations of society on us. Yep. Okay. So here's the three elements to the Bechdel test. Okay. It has to have, this is for a movie, it fits a TV show, a book, you can apply it to anything. Okay. A music video, we'll talk about that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, so number one, it has to have at least two named women in it. That sounds easy, and it's actually not. So many fail. Unnamed women. Or there's just one woman who doesn't have any interaction with another woman. Right. Okay, number two... Those two women or more have to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And number three, what they talk about has to be something besides a man. <laughs> so to pass the Bechdel test, a piece uh. of media has to have at <laughs> least two named women who talk to each other about something besides a man. When you hear it like that, it's so cringy. It's so yeah bad. But then when you start applying it, you're like, oh my God, this is everything that I've ever watched. Yeah, and the ones that pass, barely Right, exactly. So I think it's really important. Again, you're never going to be able to unsee this now. Mm -hmm. So sorry, not sorry. Right. But still to this day, this came out, this became popular in the 90s. Mm -hmm. But still to this day, 40% of movies still fail. Wow. It's incredible. It really just shows that you need more women writers and directors and producers and like all of this Mm -hmm. stuff i mean we have plenty of them we just need them in the right rooms right exactly yeah okay i thought i would tell you some things that fail okay all right lord of the rings all three movies really yeah (laughs) (laughs) yikes harry potter the goblet of fire fails really Mm mm-hmm I'm trying to play it back in my head. Well, because you're thinking of Hermione is a, a strong female character, mm-hmm. but how often do you see her talking to other females? Right. And then even if it's not romantically, she's always talking about Harry. She's always talking about a man. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the Avengers. The first movie, The Avengers. Wow. Okay. That, that fails. Uh, Avatar fails. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, some kids' movies. Ratatouille fails. Oh, because they're all mice. (laughs) (laughs) But the female mice do not talk to each other. Sadly. Toy Story 2 fails. I know. I was like, Jamie's going to hate this one. No. Fails. Really? Wait, I'm thinking about it. Wait, isn't that the one with Jessie? Uh-huh. When does she talk to another? Andy. But when does she talk to another female? Never. Like, maybe to Bo Peep or something. Yeah. I really love Toy Story. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But isn't that kind of alarming? You Again, yeah. you have a strong female character in that Right. Movie. We all love Jessie's character. But it's all about her talking about a, a boy. About and a when, does she, when does she even speak to another woman? You no. know? So you yeah. gotta... Yeah. It's rough. But again, yeah. like to your point that it doesn't mean that it doesn't have feminist undertones. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesse was holding her own with Buzz and Woody. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know coming into this I was doing like a Toy Story dissertation, but I'm ready. I wish, I'm ready. I'm ready I wish it. you guys could see her too because she's really amped up. Her hands are moving. She's leaning in. <laughs> so Jesse can still be a strong feminist character, but mm-hmm. she doesn't pass the the plot, the story, the dialogue doesn't pass the test. And doesn't that still speak to, mm-hmm. not just maybe if it's feminist or not, 
but how women are seeing their connection to other women in right. media. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Wonder Woman, what? the 2017 movie fails. Well, that's terrible. She does not speak to another female about someone other than a man. Really? Mm-hmm. Not even like saving the world? Mm-mm. Wow. That's too bad. She talks to other men about it. Right. Not to other Another females. women. Right. There's also a lot of stuff that you can look up. It's really interesting about how they portray female friendships in movies. Yes. Right. Big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Lara Croft Tomb Raider fails. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just pointing out it can be a strong woman lead. Right. But also Clearly like, written by a man. Right. I was going to say, what's the, the lens is for men. That's, that's the male gaze. Exactly. You know. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, really? Fails. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, and then, like, movies that are considered chick flicks. I don't love that term. Yeah, I don't really either. Okay, but Fifty First Dates fails. Well, yeah, because it's a romance, yeah. And My Best Friend's Wedding, I love that movie, fails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, isn't it frustrating? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but to the point that it doesn't just represent, like, feminism or not... The music video, Baby Got Back, passes. <laughs> because think of the opening line. Becky. Right, exactly. Look at her butt. They're talking about a woman. They're not talking about a guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're not being very nice. No. But yeah, I see what And they're saying. naming the character. Yes, Becky. exactly. So my point is That's that... That's a fluke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that things can pass and fail and it doesn't necessarily mean it's like a feminist movie or not or they're doing women dirty or not but what does this conditioning say that's to me the more interesting thing like what does that say about how women and girls are growing up seeing other women right yeah that's a really good point how often in your life have you like existed in like only like you didn't pass the Bechtel the Bechtel test like you only spoke to men and when you did speak to another woman it was about a man not often never no I mean maybe in high school like I mean I think girls are sort of trained to be really focused on Mm -hmm. their love lives and you know all that stuff like yeah like we like girls to be boy crazy right with you know, our society likes that. Sure does. Um, but even then, not really. No, you know? it doesn't. It's not accurate. No is the point. Okay, so I thought this was interesting. A survey of 120 films done by the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. Okay. Yes, Gina Davis, the actress. Yeah. Thirty-one percent of named characters were female. That's it. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. And this is this is relatively current. I mean, considering that we're about 51% of the actual population. Yeah, and that women consume more media than men. Right. Just, exactly. Yeah. 23% had female protagonists or co-protagonists. That's it. How many? 23%. Oh, that's disappointing. So my point is that we but, have... Oh, go ahead. But we're not... The, the problem... <laughs> Is that those movies won't sell because men are trained to only want to hear their own stories from their own perspectives, from male voices. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, companies that are funding these big movies, these big productions, 
they're worried that they're going to lose half of their audience just by having women in them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is awful, mm-hmm. but also like a product of our society. A product of our society and inaccurate because yes. women are the, the ones the major consumers right, exactly. of this. So it's really, really an interesting. It reminds me of like when some men talk about like the WNBA, mm. and they're like, "Well, we don't want to fund that because no one's going to go see it." And I'm like, "What? Right? How? What? What are you basing that on? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, right. but if you fund it and if you promote it and you advertise it, of course people will go see exactly. it. Exactly. So it's this it's this interesting like tunnel vision that it's it's like a weird loop that you get stuck in. It's like a yes. chicken or the egg, right? Exactly. Where it's like, well, to get out of it, we have to stop doing it. But right. all the evidence you have is based on basically how men consume media, right? You know." When they're not the ones who are actually consuming it the most. Correct. Right. It's just all created for them. For them. Women are just used to not seeing themselves represented. Well, that's why you don't realize that the Bechdel test isn't being passed until you learn about it. Because it's it's all you know. It's just all you know. Right. So I think it's interesting when you start to look at it and start to go, wait a minute. And I think we should be calling it out more. Yeah, I agree. I also think this is why I really only like to read books written by women. Same. Because once you start identifying with characters, mm-hmm. which for me was not until I was like an adult. There Correct. wasn't many women characters I would see on movies or TV that I was like, oh, I see myself in that. Right. I might, have, I might have thought like, oh, I wish I was like that. Yeah. But I remember start, like starting to see it and being like, I love this. Yeah. And like, so with books, I feel like, you know, those books where it's clearly written by a man and like the woman walks in the room and it's like about how her perky breasts oh, yeah, jiggle so towards awful. it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and then there's those yeah. funny things where like, imagine if we described men like that, like right. their balls, you know, trampled <laughs> forward as they walk. Like nobody would want to hear that. It just points out how absurd it is. Right. And the, the perspective is off. Yeah. Like right. I remember watching shows like new girl and mm. parks and rec and having these like quirky women characters yes 30 rock 30 rock yeah exactly who are like smart women mm-hmm. who are quirky who in the show like men still liked but they weren't they weren't under the fem- the male gaze all the time yes they were like well-rounded characters that i could see myself in right and i was like oh this is nice yeah why, once you see it why do i like this so much because yeah, it's you yeah yeah you get to see yourself so I, I'm just posing the question, like, when was the first time you saw yourself in mm. a character? Like, just think about that, because it's probably hard for you to think of. Yeah, I can't. I'm coming up with nothing right now. Yeah, it's really tough. In addition, mm. there's the feminist character trope. Okay. I hate this. So anytime mm. in a movie or a TV show, there's a character who's a feminist. She's mean. She's mean, mm-hmm. and she's a feminist because she can't hack it with the men. The men don't like her. Right. She's usually portrayed as ugly or overweight. Or she's too, quote-unquote, too masculine. Yep. For men. Exactly. <laughs> so she's not... And this whole story is like, well, why would... Like, of course a man's not going to like that. Like, of course she's going to be a feminist because men don't like her. Right. She's always pointing out the most absurd things, like... As a feminist, it drives me crazy because mm-hmm. they'll show a female character who, like, just interrupts somebody and, like, starts to spout out, like, abortion rights facts. Right. And I'm like, I know real feminists and am one, and we don't do that. No, and, and that's what proliferates this, like, 
anti-feminism yeah. ideology in our countries because that's all that's all a lot of people know about feminism yeah. is this very caricaturized version yeah. of feminism which isn't accurate. And it's like a jilted woman. Mm-hmm. She's jilted by a man. Mm-hmm. And so now she doesn't like men. She hates men. Right. And I don't know any feminists who hate men. No, I don't either, actually. Yeah. And so I just wanted to point out that Gloria Steinem really like wrecked this whole thing for people. It's mm-hmm. why people had such a problem with her because she was a beautiful. She right. still is beautiful. But right. back when she first came out in the 70s, mm-hmm. really beautiful woman who was a feminist. And right. it threw people for a loop. Right. There's quotes of people being like, I don't understand why she's a feminist. She could easily get a man. Right. Which just proves that you don't know what it is. Yeah. Or they're right. like, why does she care about equal pay? She could have any man she wanted. Mm. Interesting. Good so, point. So these kinds of things really just perpetuate this. Absolutely. Another thing that's my favorite. I have to play you this clip because I, when I saw it, it was another thing that I was like, okay, I can never, ever unsee this again. Uh-oh. So it's Reese Witherspoon. And she's giving a speech about what made her start her company where she like produces uh, movies and shows. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what she points out, you're going to hear in the beginning, but it's the fact that she was getting frustrated that in every single movie she was in or was watching at some point, a woman would turn to a man and say, what do we do? Oh yeah. And her whole thing, I'll play it for you is... When in your life has a woman not known what to what do? What to do. All right, right, so I'm going to play you a little clip. What do we do now? So what do we do now? What do we do now? What are we going to do? What do we do? too yeah so i I just want us to notice this stuff more i want us to see these tropes because i think the more you see it the more you can say like i'm done with seeing that in movies i'm not going to see movies that's what's going to make them change it right and i can hear all the arguments that are like well those are those are plot devices that's how you develop dialogue between characters Mm -hmm. well fine Mm -hmm. but let the guy ask the girl yes Right. right? Like, why does it always have to be the girl asking? Yeah. And, and look at life. Right. And think to yourself, how often right. as a man has a woman actually turned to you and asked that? Right. Versus how much have you turned to a woman and asked her that? That's a really good point. I'm not saying women never ask men that. Of course not. I'm just saying when there's an emergency, most people all turn and look at the woman. Right. 
And that point about like telling kids to go look for another mom, like go yes. look for someone safe that can help right. you. You yeah. say a mom, you say a woman. Yeah, a woman yeah. or a mom. You say go yeah. look for that. Just saying. Interesting. All right. Well, I have a few more tests to tell you about. Okay. I have um, a trope that I spent way too much time in my whole entire life, like years and years and years being bothered by and researching. Oh. It has to do with Disney. I think you know what it is. Oh, yes. Um, and then I also want to talk a little bit about the male and female gaze. But let's take a quick break. Okay. And we'll come back and do that. We'll be right back after this short break. goes great with podcast listening a great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop yep beans roasted in-house amazing baristas you know where i'm talking about restoration coffee can we go yes i need an americano and maybe a panini too Ooh, i need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl yeah check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we are once again obsessed with a TikTok yep. that you sent me this time. Yep. And it's a really good one. I like it a lot. So it's really interesting because at first I was like, what's this about? <laughs> but I liked it a lot. And it's, um, it's a woman who is explaining this theory of what a trauma glimmer is. Yes. Not a trauma trigger, mm-hmm. but a glimmer. And she said that it's anything like a smell... A song, a sound, memories, places, or people that like pull you out of a trauma trigger. Mm-hmm. They do the opposite of a trigger, right? Exactly. It's like a, a soother or something that snaps you out of that state that you're stuck in. Right. When you're in like the trauma. Right. I guess it's, it was termed by a trauma specialist named Deb Dana. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out. Shout out. Absolutely. That's incredible. <laughs> um, but I guess the, the point of it is that it's a it's a place of safety that you can find when you're feeling triggered or like mm-hmm. in your trauma, maybe on the verge of like a panic attack or something like that, that um, it, it makes you feel safe. It brings you joy and it soothes the trauma. 
you know what I felt so rattled by when I saw this? Mm. is like, wait, why did we not think of this before? Right, like, why don't I know what mine are? Yeah. Like, I watched it twice. Yeah. And I was like, what are mine? I did the same thing. Yeah. It, it's very... It's very telling that when we talk about trauma, we do sort of what we do in like the the medical field of like physical stuff, Mm. where it's like total focus on like the symptom and like the problem and all of that. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be focus on all those things. No. There definitely should be. Mm -hmm. But we spend so much time looking at that and talking about that, that we don't look at the things that like help us out. Yeah, it's such a good tool to know. Yeah, and like, you know me, I want to go deeper. And I'm like, right. wait, why is that right. the thing that gets you out? Exactly. And you know probably know a few of them sort mm-hmm. of intuitively Yeah. without actually ever verbalizing it or really thinking much about it. Right. I'm sure there are a couple things that are your go-tos when you're really stressed out or really upset Right. that you don't really consciously think about. Right. But imagine if you had a list of things that you could go th- go to or go yes. through yes. when you were feeling upset by something. Yeah. And when I was thinking about this, I was like, all right, let me think of what they are. And I, I had to sort of start with going like, what sort of things do I just feel comforted by? Mm. Because it's not always like, a, oh, I need to get out of this trauma. But to me, I'm looking right. at like, what, what sort of things do I do when I'm like, okay, I need comfort. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like, I mean, I'm a Taurus, so there's going to be a lot of like homey-ish stuff. Yeah. But it was like, okay, I put on my like really big oversized sweatshirt. Yes. Um, I sit down and I have a snack. Yep. I drink coffee, like a warm liquid. Yep. So if you kind of start there, mm-hmm. it's not too much of a departure probably for what your glimmers are. Right. Like what kind of things are you using to kind of self-soothe and bring yourself out of that? Right. For me, the other things I was noticing when I was being more specific about like trauma stuff that was coming up, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, I have to move. Oh, good point. So I'd be like, oh, I need to go for a walk. I need to change the scenery. I need to look at something different. That's interesting because I'm the opposite. Okay, what do you do? I would have to sleep. Oh, yeah. I would have to be like, nope. Two now. I'm checking out for, Goodbye. for 15 minutes. I'll see you on the flip side. Perhaps if I could nap. Correct. That would be something I would try. Right. But I also think that there needs to be, for me, and I wonder if this has to do with like your Claire's. Sorry, mm. I'm like live thinking of yeah, this. Exactly. I haven't thought right. of it yet. <laughs> but like as a clairvoyant person. Right. So everything is visual to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like the scenery needs to change. I need to be looking at different things. Oh, good point. And you're claircognizant. Right. So it's sort of like I have to pull up different files. Right. It sort of makes sense that you would need to kind of go to sleep and reset. Right. It's exactly. Like a, it's like restarting your Re- computer. Calibrate. Right. Exactly. Mm. It's a good point. I don't know. I just thought of it right now. Yeah, no, I, I like it a lot. <laughs> so I just I just wanted people to know about that. I just thought yeah. that if you can start thinking about things like that. I would love it if people would tell us what they thought theirs were. Because I feel like when I hear someone say what theirs are, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, But absolutely. like I don't I don't think of it. Right. Yeah. I'll post the, that TikTok on our Instagram stories. Awesome. Perfect. Okay, Jay, I want to tell you about some more sort of movie litmus tests. Okay that really show representation and speak to conditioning. Okay. All right. The first is the Mako Mori test. Okay. So here are the guidelines for this test. There has to be at least one female character. Mm-hmm. Sad that that has to be written. Yeah, exactly. But, okay. They have to get their own narrative arc. Okay. And it has to be 
not supporting a man's story. So the arc can't be in support of a man's story. So that feels more comprehensive to me than just like the talking to another woman about not a man. Like if you have a character arc, yeah, then you're really in it. Agreed. Yeah. The amount of movies that fail this oh, I, is disturbing. I bet. And a lot of the movies that you would think would pass that actually don't because mm-hmm. the character arcs of a lot of women are in support of a man's mission or a man's arc. Absolutely. So I think that's interesting. This conditioning is really important. Yeah. I mean, I think to a lot of our listeners, it might sound obvious, mm-hmm. but I think when you really start to think about the subliminal conditioning that we receive growing yeah. up, yeah, it's really overwhelming when you start to think about it. Well, yeah. Like how many women do you know that struggle with finding their path or prioritizing mm. their own needs or fi- like even having a hobby that they like right. or doing things that are outside of like caretaking other people. Right. It's every woman I've ever met. Yeah, and absolutely. And you, you can't tell me that media is not playing a big part of that. Oh, it definitely is. We don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. The next one is my favorite. Okay. It's called the sexy lamp test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it from a Christmas story? It's inspired by, by the, the light lamp. Nice. Yes. Nice. Okay. This is a sad one though. Oh. Are you ready? The test is if you can remove a female character from your plot and replace her with a sexy lamp and your story still works. Oh, damn it. Think of every James Bond movie, basically. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. That's a rough one. It's funny. Yeah, but it's true, though. It's very true. Right. So just watch a movie or a TV show. I I was looking into this test. And they said, like, season one of The Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you ever watched that. Mm-mm. But the character of Penny mm-hmm. is does not pass the sexy lamp test. Now, later in seasons, they she does. Okay. But look at, like, TV shows and things. And look at movies. Look at books. And, like, would the storyline still work? If she wasn't there. If she was a lamp. So women are just props. Yeah. Yikes. I know. That's a rough one. Mm. Okay. The next one is the Vito Russo test. Okay. So the question here is, does the film contain a character that is identifiably LGBTQ plus? It not, is that character not solely defined by their sexual orientation? Okay, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Okay. So are they not only defined by their orientation or gender identity as well as, is it tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect? So not just like the gay best friend. Right. The token gay best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to have a hard time finding movies that hit all three of those. You certainly are. Because it's just a, it's just a, I mean, I feel like, like, especially gay men Mm -hmm. or gay characters Mm -hmm. are used as like comedic relief. Yes. The same as like an overweight woman. Right. Yeah. Right. But Mm -hmm. to like give them substance, to give them a character arc yeah that's what we want to see they are they are a character that is let's say a gay man or a lesbian but if that wasn't there Mm -hmm. if they if that wasn't identified that they were that would that character mean anything right is there anything else to the character right what else are they bringing to the table yeah right yeah yep and then if you removed that character would it have a significant effect yikes yeah yikes is right Mm -hmm. yeah we need to do better yeah. Okay. The next one is, I believe it's pronounced Degan's rule, but it's mm-hmm. D-E-G-G-A-N. And I couldn't find anybody saying it, but okay. that's how it's... Degan's rule. Yeah. yeah. 
It has to have at least two non-white human characters in the main cast in a show that's not about race. Yeah, that one's going to be hard, too. <laughs> I mean, talk about representation. Right, exactly. Okay, the next one is mm. Duvernay's, Duvernay's test. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit more complex, but when you hear what it is, I think you'll, you'll be like, yeah, this is ridiculous that we don't have this. Okay. You probably can't think of any. Okay, so this one is those complex characters. The story that passes the test must feature at least two characters of color. They must not be in a romantic relationship together. These characters must have complex, complex lives rather than existing only in relation to white characters. Mm -hmm. The people of color in a story must have names and the characters of color must have dialogue and their conversations must not be about supporting a white character. God. Yeah, no. No. So here's, <clears throat> here's the thing that I want to make sure we say. As two straight white women, mm -hmm. we are not represented in media. That is alarming and bothers us. Right. But the only element of it that's not represented for us is the female. Is the gender. Right. Never mind people right. of color or LGBTQ+. Like, right. There's so little representation besides white male. In that last one, that if you do have characters of color or black characters, mm -hmm. or if it's a full black cast, mm -hmm. then you only see it on BET. Like, it doesn't get... Right. It, it doesn't get shown or advertised mm -hmm. to the whole country or the whole world, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's put in this little box of like, like only, it's niche or it's, something, right? Like only these people are going to want to see it. Yeah. And it's the same thing you were saying before where like filmmakers are like, well, these movies don't sell. Right. But like with women characters. It's because you don't promote them or buy them or air them. Exactly. Right. Like imagine if we just saw it. Yes. I mean, that's, that's how I, I mean, this is sort of... <laughs> When people are like, Jamie, why do you love rap and hip hop so much? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, why yeah. do you love Biggie Small so much? Well, I mean, you shouldn't have to explain that, but. People are ahead. like really yeah. thrown by it. They ask me all the time. Yeah. And it's because I watched BET. Because I, oh, yeah. I was a latchkey kid in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We had cable. Yeah. Cable was my best friend after school. Yeah. And so I yeah. just watched what interested me. Yeah. Right? And I loved that music. Yeah. And so I, but I had access to it. You were exposed to it. I was exposed to it and I loved it. Yeah. You know, and obviously I respect it. I don't appropriate it, like right. that whole thing. Right. But if you're not shown it, if, if people won't put it on their networks, mm -hmm. if commercials won't be run during them, mm -hmm. so they can't make money, mm -hmm. then they're never going to get the time they deserve. Exactly. And as, as a little white girl growing up, the, the characters of color that were on any TV show mm -hmm. did not pass any of these tests. They were, they were like the black friend. Right. To have that one representation. And they didn't have their own character arc. They were, they were maybe in a relationship with another person of color. Right. Like, but there wasn't anything to them besides that. And it was like, oh, look, we're, we're including that. Right. But you're actually not letting me relate to them at all. And right. that's a huge problem. What's that one show I'm... I'm dating myself, but um, <laughs> this show with Urkel and the Winslows. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not, um, what's the name of it? Family Matters. Family Matters. I got it. There I got you it. go. <laughs> I was going to say all in the family and yeah. that's not it. There's some representation for you. Yeah. Right? A black family. Yes. But the problem is it won't pass this because exactly. it's only 
black people in that. Exactly. It's not a mixture. Right. And I'm I'm not saying we shouldn't have that. No. We absolutely should. I loved that show. I watched Same. it. I wasn't looking at it through a lens of color. No. But that's part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. So I just find that interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting and I think it's really problematic. Instead of networks like causing all this hullabaloo about like blurring out someone giving the middle finger or not mm. allowing like a vagina to be shown on screen, mm. I would rather them use these tests to make sure everything coming out is passing them. Yeah, or instead of spending your money to like put a rainbow flag during the month of June <laughs> on your like on your t-shirts, on your merch. Yeah. Put your money yeah. where your mouth is. Show us the characters. And give us some real like quality substantive content. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I have to bring mm. up my Disney thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is one of those things that sometimes I bring up at a party. <laughs> I don't really go to parties, but I was a gathering. Okay. I'm too old for parties. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll okay. allow a gathering. Okay. Yeah. Because, well, you know that I hate small talk. Same. But this is one of those sort of like, let me pull something out of my pocket that will dazzle people a little because it freaks people out. Yeah. When I, who hate small talk, will just be quiet and not talk to people because I don't know what to do. This is what you do. I'm like holding court, giving a lecture on Disney About Disney princesses. Exactly. And I'm in the corner like, thank God Heather's. (laughs) Thank God Heather's talking to everybody and I don't have to. You were doing like the supportive nodding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very good at that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So here's the thing. There is, I didn't come up with this. I did not create it. It was Mm -hmm. pointed out to me in my early 20s by somebody. Okay. And it became something that, uh, this sounds so cheesy, but it really shifted my perspective into seeing a lot of this stuff. Okay. And that was that most all... Disney movies with Disney princesses are motherless. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So it goes, I want to talk more about it Uh because it goes deeper than just not having mothers. Yep. But I just want to give you some, some examples. Okay. I want to talk to you like I would at a gathering when I'm giving a lecture. Okay. Snow White. What do you know about her mother? Um, I don't know. What do I know about Snow White's mother? She doesn't... Ha- Does she have one? <laughs> exactly. There's no mention of say, her mother. Yeah. She's nameless. And she does have an evil stepmother. Right. We're going to talk about that. That's too. who she's hiding from. Yes. But there's right. no mother. Remember her father marries this yes. evil stepmother? Yep. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. What do you know about Belle's mother? She's dead. Okay. What Do you know her name or how she died? No. Is she ever mentioned? No, I only know the dad's names. Maurice. Okay. Because well I love I love that movie. I know you do. That's why I made sure it was on the list. Okay. Cinderella. What do you know about her mom? She's dead too, right? Yep. She has an evil stepmother also she does. with the terrible sisters. Yep. Do you know Cinderella's mom's name or how she died? I'm sure it was tragic. Yeah, it's never No, mentioned. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. How about in The Little Mermaid, Ariel? What do you know about her mom? Nothing. Only King Triton. Yeah. Again, nameless, no mention. Yeah, where'd she go? We don't know. I mean, she has many sisters. Yeah. Ariel does. All named with the letter A. Right, in the oceans. The oceans, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, in Aladdin, Jasmine. What do you know about her mom? She's got to be dead. She doesn't exist. She's nameless, no mention. Now, this one's Hmm. problematic, (laughs) this movie, but I'm going to bring it up. Pocahontas. What do you know about her mother? 
I mean, I'm sure she was murdered by the colonizers. Probably. But, but how this, about in, in the movie, movie itself, I have no idea. No mention nameless. Yeah. Okay. Once you see this, it's yeah. really alarming. Now, I will tell you that my favorite Disney movie, princess movie, was Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. There is a mother in this. Mm-hmm. She has no speaking role. I mm-hmm. believe they might mention her name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she's the weakest character ever. Yeah. She lets her daughter be taken, doesn't stand up to Maleficent. Right. So any strong women are evil. And even in um, Frozen, the mother dies on the boat. Exactly. Yeah. Dead parents. Galore. Galore. (laughs) Especially mothers. Right. And so when when you look into this further, Mm. you look at like why. Entangled. Sorry, I'm I'm on a roll here. Go ahead. Keep going. Entangled. She was stolen by Mother Gothel. Yeah, her mother didn't do anything. They didn't. It. Yeah, they couldn't find her. She had an evil mother, not a stepmother, yeah, but kidnapper this, mother. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I digress. Go. No. Keep going. This is <laughs> this, this is why it's good at a party. Yeah. <laughs> because people are sitting there like, wait, what about? Oh, like this is what's well, happening. right? Because then I was like, well, no, there's a there's a mother in the Lion King, but that's a boy. Simba's a boy. Yeah. He's not a princess. Right. Right. So the theory is mm-hmm. that. Male writers don't know how to have a female face a problem if there's a strong woman in her life. Wow. Right. Right. Like, then there's no problem. There's no plot. Yeah. Like, the, like basically the what they're would saying come and fix it. <laughs> is that Belle would have never even gone there if there was a mother to the castle. Or if she right. had... Her mother would have got her the heck out would of there. Would have saved her, right? Yeah. I mean, and again, for each character. Wow. Now, do is it possible? Of course. Right. But that men could not figure out how to write. This is a theory. Right. But that men could not figure out how to write coming-of-age women having, like, a, ma- a major problem, doing, like, the character arc, the, mm-hmm. the, like, hero's journey. Right. With a strong woman around. Even if that theory isn't right, there is still a theory because there's not a chance that this is a coincidence. No. And the thing that like a lot of people will bring up is that uh, Walt Disney himself accidentally kind of murdered his mother. He did? <laughs> I mean, it's sort of a stretch. But so what? the story goes is that she... See why this is so good at a party, Jay? Oh, seriously. Yeah, okay. So she, her and her husband, so Walt Disney's parents, mm-hmm. moved into a house that Walt Disney bought for them once he like started to make money. He bought his parents a house. Okay. And something was wrong with the furnace. So Walt Disney sent people who worked for him, not like, oh, like furnace company, workers. Right. Yeah, okay. not people who do that for a living okay. to fix it. Mm. And it didn't work and it burned down the house and they died. Holy shit. So they're saying that, like, the reason is because Walt Disney blames himself for his mother's murder. So he kills. So he all kills the all the mothers. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. It does not make any <laughs> sense. He should be saving the mothers in the stories. Also, Walt Disney is not writing these. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's the one percenter taking all the money from the writers. <laughs> exactly. Right. He's the exactly. Jeff Bezos of yeah of Walt Disney World. Yeah. Right. I mean, R.I.P. But yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I just. Here's the thing. I really think it's that men don't know how to have a woman struggle if there's a strong or a girl struggle into womanhood, if there's a strong woman around. And if there's a support system there, they wouldn't have to come in and be like swooped up by the prince or the king or whoever. That's what I was just going to say. They can't use their like male gaze or their, the way that they see men as heroes to save the the girl if there's a woman around. Right. Because then you're not a damsel in distress. Exactly. 
Gotcha. That's gross. It is gross. So <laughs> I want you to think of your favorite Disney princess, everyone listening. And mm. I want you to think about the mother character. And the thing that's crazy, it's not its not that just like, oh, there aren't any. They're not even named and they're not even mentioned. Where's Tiana's mom? No mom. What? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I know. Sheesh. I know. So now that you know, okay, you can't unsee. But again, don't you think that has a huge impact? Because there's this mm. thing that people say, and I always want to take it a step further, where they're like, well, all those princess movies end as soon as they get married. Yes. And you don't see like these amazing stories of women who are married. And you certainly don't see them of women who are married to like supportive men. Or like women who are like becoming mothers and having children and no. like functioning no. like that either. So what do you think that conditioning says? Right, that you're just supposed to take your happily ever after and be quiet yeah they're supposed to fade into the background once you become like a woman yeah it's gross when it's really so much work when really all the real interesting stories are probably to the those married women or unmarried women who are having kids and trying to raise them and right i would like to know how cinderella did in that castle did she bring the the Mm. mice and the absolutely. birds what absolutely i mean they did. wave to her from the place at the end they don't look like they come oh that's uh, no no how no, did she no, do no. in that situation she definitely brought them i mean this is a girl who was locked in an attic and severely abused and then it's like okay now you're the princess and now you're good and i'm supposed to believe the right. interesting story <laughs> happened before she got married right exactly <laughs> like, wait to a guy she just met right exactly hmm, hmm. Yep. yeah who didn't remember her face no. <laughs> I could only remember her by her shoe. Oh, God. It just gets more and more problematic <laughs> the more you look into it. Exactly. Yeah. And also that she had really small feet was like a big thing. Yeah. Weird. Yep. Weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to talk about is the male gaze versus the female gaze. We talked about that in an obsessed, right? We did. We've talked yeah. about this before. So interesting. It bears repeating. Oh, it bears probably its whole its own episode. It probably does. If you guys want yeah. that, let us know. Yeah. But I want to bring it up because I think it's important here where yes. it becomes very evident it's sort of in two ways to me, the female gaze versus the male gaze. Yeah. One is I can tell when I'm watching a movie or a TV show where a woman has written a character yep. versus a man. Yep. Both men and women. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second thing is... When men get really baffled as to why women love this character mm-hmm. in a show that they don't see as like masculine, the heartthrob, right. they get very confused. And this is where the male gaze versus the female gaze really comes in for me. Definitely. Okay. So just to explain what it is, the male gaze is like looking at all people through a male lens and what men like. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest examples of this, and it's gross, is like the Transformers movies. I have to admit, I've never seen any of them, Mm. but Megan Fox was in them and she was, I know she was under 18. I don't know how old she was. Oh, I don't know. But the whole, every way that they show her is like, she's leaning into a car to fix it. Very exaggerated. Yeah. So it's a very, like that would be the male gaze gaze on a female. Right. Okay. The parts that I find more interesting though, is the male gaze on men. 
Exactly. <laughs> so men like men who are like really muscular and strong and shirtless and like... Or they're told that they're supposed to like that. Yes. They're they, told that that's the goal. Yes. That's right. the male gaze. Right. That this is what the women like. Right. And then they get baffled because that's not actually what appeals to women. Because you see women like sweating a guy's like wrist and forearm. Yes, as or he's hands. Like, as he's like playing the guitar or like chopping vegetables or something. <laughs> and you're like, and men are like, why do women love that? Yeah. And it's because that's how, that's through our gaze. That's the male gaze for women. Yes. It's the, it's the female it's gaze. It's the female gaze. Yes, exactly. So you see this in men and and women characters. And right. like Harley Quinn is a good example. So the first mm. Harley Quinn movie or the first movie she's in was directed by and produced by a man. Yep. And so she's very sexualized. Mm-hmm. In the the next ones, I believe there's two more. I might be mistaken. I think you're right. Okay. She looks very different. And yes. she's, this was, these were produced by women. Right. So her whole look changes and she appeals much more to women in yep. those films. And men would complain they didn't like her as much in those films. Annoying, first of all. Yes. So a couple, I have two examples that are kind of like my favorite examples of the female gaze when it comes to men, Mm -hmm. because I think it's the one that I see men being the most baffled by. Yeah. And women are like, duh. Right. Okay. So (laughs) the first one is Thor versus Loki. Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay. So you have Chris Hemsworth playing Thor, <laughs> who's like muscly, blonde, <laughs> long, flowy hair. He's the male blue gaze. Blue eyes. He is the male gaze. Yes. And not just muscly, but the kind of muscle that like lives on top of muscle. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there's Loki, who plays his brother. Right. Who's played by Tom Hiddleston. Right. Also a very handsome man. Yeah. But not ripped. Not ripped. <laughs> Also, I mean, like, muscly, fully clothed. Fully clothed the all the time. Right. He doesn't take his shirt off often. He's smart. He's cunning. See, you're starting to talk. Exactly. So, men think that women like Thor. Right. But it's men that like Thor. Yes. Women like Loki. And men cannot understand why. Right. So, there's, there's a couple of great reasons. Mm-hmm. But first of all, he's smart. Exactly. Women like that. He's funny. He's funny. Yep. He's cunning. Yep. He's a trickster. Yep. All things women like. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> right. He also, in no storyline or elements, is expecting women to be attracted to him. Mm. Women like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you walk in... That's a good point. Like Thor... Right. ...to a room, and yep. like the you have like a fan blowing your hair back... Yep. ...and you like flex... Yep. There's not going to be a lot of women in the room that actually are like, great... I'm going to be like, what a douchebag. No, I'm turning around. Yeah. Right. Right. Just on principle alone. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Right. And I see a lot of guys on TikTok in particular that are really upset about this whole <laughs> Such conversation. Such a weird thing to be upset about. Because the, and the defense that I hear is, well, this is what we're taught as men that we have to look like Thor. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that's the expectation is Thor. So then, right. then we, then we try to meet that. Right. And then you're telling us that we're not good enough. Right. And the problem is, I'm glad you're saying the problem with that. Yeah. Is that you're mad at women about that. Right. When it's, it's not men women who, who have told you that. Yeah. It's men who create the male gaze yeah. that you feel pressured yeah. to live up to. And I completely validate that yes. that's a pressure that men feel. Absolutely. Just like women feel pressures to live up to certain visuals that we don't want to, right? I mean, and it happens in reverse too. Of course. Where women think what men want 
is yes. what we're, what you see portrayed. And then they get sort of surprised when a man's like, I, I saw a TikTok trend where they were saying like men like the little fupa bellies. Yes. It's like, well, that's not portrayed anywhere. No one told me that. And I, that's a newsflash. <laughs> so like it goes both ways, certainly. The thing is to don't be mad at women about it. Yeah. Like then you're out, then you're lashing out at women, then yeah. you're mad at women, and then, yeah. then you become an incel, right? Like that's yes. how you get down the incel pipeline. And the irony to that is that when you're saying that frustration, you're saying something very feminist. Exactly. When you're saying, well, I'm frustrated because I was taught that women like this. You're, you're right. saying something that feminists have been fighting to free you from. For decades. Yes. For decades. But you're mad at women about it instead of being mad at society or patriarchy mm-hmm. or other men yes. or toxic masculinity, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yes. That's where the work is. It's right. not like lashing out at women and hating women. Exactly. And it, it's not that women don't appreciate a muscular physique on a man. Oh, right. If, if I saw a man walk in with Thor muscles, I would be like, wow, that guy works out a lot. Like he, he really cares about that. He, he looks nice. Good but, job, but, young fella. Right. But that's <laughs> not how you sell a movie to a woman. No, but I'm not like now obsessing and like, like writing my own fan fiction for that. Exactly. Just to be clear, I've never written fan fiction, but you know what I mean? Oh my God. I want you to write it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. But a character like Loki, women are more interested in. Right. So I wanted to look at a specific character and this one is going to be a little bit hard for you because I know you're not a Star Wars person. I know I'm not. Okay. But for the Star Wars people, Kylo Ren is a character that has caused a ton of... Of like confusion. Yes, you can. It's Adam Driver, please. Oh, I know him. Got okay. it. Okay. You got it. Okay. It hands. Yeah. Right. Well, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, it caused so much confusion because men couldn't understand mm-hmm. why women love the car- the character of Kylo Ren oh, so much. Right. Yes. They were very confused. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men didn't like him. They were like, he's not a good bad guy. We don't like him. And women were like, <laughs> talk about fan fiction. Right. If you like a few of the wrong TikToks, mm-hmm. you are on just Adam Driver, Spicy Adam Kylo Driver. Ren, spiciness, and you don't even know how you got there. And you're like, oh no. But it's a it's a real thing where people are like very much in love with adam driver but because of his character right it's sort of how i feel about benedict cumberbatch yes i love him as sherlock holmes yes okay i don't actually love him well i could leave take him or leave him he'd probably disappoint me if he wasn't like solving a mystery i'd be like what the hell is your i do like him as the other doctor strange yeah i do like him as doctor strange okay but those are similar they are Right. Sherlock and Doctor Strange are yeah. They're in the same family. They are very smart archetypes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the thing with Kylo Ren, when you do some research and like you start to ask women why they like him and men why they don't understand him, mm-hmm. it, it gets real interesting. And I actually have a couple of pictures I'm gonna show you and maybe we can post them. Okay. They're like little gifts of him. Mm-hmm. So women like Kylo Ren because he shows a lot of emotion. Oh, I love that and Okay. Anyone. So he's, you know how they're, they're, women love a broody character? Mm-hmm. And the reason, this is like not my, I didn't come up with this. This is like smart people looked into this. Right. The reason that women like a broody male is because he's emotional. And that's really the only way women see male characters as emotional. That's interesting. So he's showing emotion. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Now the character of Kylo Ren, you haven't seen, mm-hmm. but just slight backstory for you. Princess Leia and Han Solo had a kid, and it's Kylo Ren. 
Oh, okay. Luke Skywalker betrays Kylo Ren when he's Ben Solo and like almost murders him. And it turns Kylo Ren to the dark side and he starts to want to be like his uncle Darth Vader. Oh, okay. This is the storyline. Gotcha. So you watch this tortured man Mm -hmm. go through the world. Okay. And he shows so much emotion on his face. I'm going to show you the pictures so you can react that this is why women love him. Okay, Adam Driver is handsome. Mm-hmm. He's not like the weird, like, have you seen the things that's like Aryan standards of like, oh, yes. you know, why people are attractive? He's yes. not that. No, he's not. But I'm going to show you some things. So, first of all, he has a giant scar on his face. Interesting. Second, all right, here's all the hand shots. There's a lot of hand shots. I love the hand. Women love <laughs> They hand do. Shots. Yeah. I can't see him taking off his glove. It's like a slow motion. Mm. I can't really get into why women love that. It's explicit, but use your imagination and you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's one shot of Kylo Ren with his shirt off. Okay. And the thing about this shot in the movie is that, it's in the first one that he's in, is that it's an accident that he's being seen this way and he's like awkward and like, Like, he was just caught that way. Right. He didn't walk in. And, like, his pants are on awkwardly. Oh, yeah. Can you see it in the picture? Yes. Okay. And then here is Kylo Ren emoting. So that's a lip quiver. That I like a lot. That's him getting really upset. See there in the Mm -hmm. second one? In the third one, he's he's really experiencing some emotion. Wow. Okay. So you take Hmm. a tall, handsome man Mm -hmm. and you make him very emotional. Right. And also very powerful. Mm-hmm. You can have a lot of women enjoying that. Well, and herein lies sort of this microcosm of our country is mm-hmm. that like then men reject that. Yes. Because it's emotion and women lean towards it. So the same reason that men are saying they don't like Kylo Ren because right. he's so emotional. Right. Is the same reason why women are all in love with him and right. writing fan fiction and... You get stuck on a TikTok side that is right. just like right. worship of Adam Driver. Right. But that's why there's that resistance in our society about what men want and what women want and, and how that, people are perceived. And to your point, it's causing people to have the wrong conversation. Right. It's causing them to say like, well, we should be mad at women for this or we should be mad at men for this or men and women like different things. When in fact, the entire problem is the conditioning. Well, right. We need to look at like how we see gender Mm -hmm. as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole problem with gender is that it's so stereotyped and delineated that you it's they've gender has become these tiny, tiny boxes Mm -hmm. that if you don't fit perfectly inside, then you're outcast. Exactly. Right. You're unlovable. Yes. You know, it's, it's also very extreme. Yes. That's why the work is in deconstructing gender. It is. And the the way that you start to influence this change in the media is making sure that in the rooms where the decisions are right. happening and the writing is happening, there are people who are making sure right. that these things are being represented. Mm-hmm. I There is no way I could write a character of color in no. a way like I, that or would be ridiculous. No, of course right. I shouldn't. That's why if I was part of a project that had characters of color, there should be people of color in the room. Right, exactly. That's why when you're creating a movie about a woman, there should be the women in, in the, the room. room. Exactly. This is important. And it right. isn't just so women can see themselves represented. It's right. so men can understand 
that women aren't one dimensional. Right. And that like this conversation could change and that we could say, yeah, I don't like that they always portray men as those big, huge, muscly things. That's not even what I like. Right. There's a whole side of TikTok I got on. Mm. Again, I think it's by accident. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just like something because, like, I feel like I want to root for the person who did I do the that TikTok. Too. Yeah, I do that. And then too. it gets me into a weird <laughs> algorithm. So <laughs> I liked this this guy, this creator. I can't think of his name, but who's he's like a a bigger man with a beard and he's like women actually like bigger men with beards like this is a whole thing Mm -hmm. and like why aren't we talking about it more and so i liked it because i was like that's that's, good for you buddy that's awesome right and so what he was doing was showing like this man going out is this like bigger heavier set man with a beard and he was saying to women would you date me if i lost weight oh i saw that okay and the women were all saying I date you now. Well, you don't need to lose weight. Like right. that doesn't actually matter to me. Right. And then when you go further, it's like, well, what does matter? And and women were saying like, well, men who talk about how they feel, men who want to actually mm-hmm. connect with me, men who make me feel a certain way when I'm with them is mm-hmm. more important to me than how much they weigh or being muscly. Right. And the men were shooketh. Yeah. And some of the men were mad about it. Oh, some yeah. of the stitches on those. Yes. Were vile. Uh, but again, against the wrong people. Right, exactly. Listen, I'm not saying that men who are conventionally handsome and who have muscles and dress in a certain way, that women don't like that. No, I mean, I love The Rock. Oh, yeah, I love The Rock, too. But <laughs> you probably like him for I his personality. Gonna say, I was just going to say, because yeah. he's so funny and If smart. he had a different body type, you'd like him the same. <laughs> exactly. He can it's sing. Just, right. I mean, yeah. Right. So it, it's just, I think Chris Hemsworth probably is a great mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. But like, so it's not like, oh, well, those, those men, like they I see suck. them in society, like right. they do have women around them. Of course. Right. Of course. Women are also taught to no, like they're, that. Right. They're good guys too. Yeah. Right. But it's this whole thing where like men think they need to do that for women. Exactly. And the thing is you're wrong. You're mad at the wrong people. Exactly. We didn't create this. We didn't create those expectations. We didn't create expectations about women. No. Right. If you just asked us what we liked, we would gladly tell you. Right. Bring us food. I don't, I love getting flowers, but Mm. I also really love getting tacos. Same. I mean, we're married, so I don't know who these tips are for, but noodles. Right. (laughs) Noodles. (laughs) So I think it's important that we talk about this so that we see where the conditioning comes from so we Mm. can really work hard to change it. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes there. I can see that people are trying. Yeah. We just need a lot more. Agreed. Just okay. get more people at the at the writing tables. Exactly. So I think you and I should go have coffee and mm-hmm. have a conversation that passes the Bechdel test. I think most of ours do. They actually. All do. Okay. <laughs> everyone heather and i have an ask for you if you love this episode or if you love the igg can you do us a favor we need you to go on to whatever platform you listen on and download subscribe like love whatever it's asking you to do can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on it would mean so much to us Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.